Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Jane Badu, the founder of online homeware store We Are Nomads. After a holiday to Morocco six months ago, Jane was inspired to bring the artisanal products she discovered back to the UK and now sources textiles, pottery and accessories from all over Africa. With the logistics all set up, Jane is now turning her attention to social media, which is where this episode comes in. We're talking about getting going on Instagram, especially when you have less than a thousand followers. We discuss content creation, the good old Instagram rumour mill, inviting engagement and being found. So let's dig in. Hi Jane. Hi Kate. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? (laughs) Very good. So I'm excited to talk to you today, but for anybody who might not know you or have heard of your business, can you give me a little bit about your background and the inspiration behind what you do and how you've kind of got to the place you're at now? Yeah, so um, I'm Jane Badu. Um, I work as an interior designer and I love traveling. So that was the main inspiration for the business. I went to Morocco on holiday and I just fell in love with the textiles and the ceramics that I saw in the market. And I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I could do something with this. You know, I, I love, I'd love to do something that allows me to travel and celebrate artisans and craftspeople mm-hmm. um, from countries that people, I mean, Morocco is very well traveled, but I'm kind of really interested in focusing on African designers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I got back, I didn't have a clue how to set up an online shop. <laughs> I just sort of did loads of research and then eventually sort of set up a website, bought a domain and then bought some products and then got the website up and running. Mm-hmm. So so you hadn't brought anything back from Morocco with you. You'd kind of got the idea there. Yeah. yeah. I went there on, on a sort of four-day trip right. and yeah, I just... You know, I just loved all of this, mm. all of this stuff. So I came back and then sort of worked out, you know, if I could import that, if I could find a wholesaler. Um, mm. I just did more research and then I went back a few months later right. and then buzzed, buzzed off. So the website's been up and running since November and um, I have an Etsy store as well. So I'm kind of on those, have those two channels mm-hmm. for sales. Plus, I work as my main job is as a freelance interior designer. So you've got a nice kind of stock of <laughs> products to use for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so the, not very long it's been going then. So we were at about five months, isn't it? Yeah, very early at the moment. Mm. It's really exciting. I'm kind of it feels kind of new, like new territory. But um, I'm really enjoying it. Mm. It's sort of nice to have something to do, you know, that's separate from the main job. So how are you working on it at the moment in terms of balancing your main job and this work as well? Is it like a classic evenings and weekends kind of thing? (laughs) It's like, I don't really go out (laughs) on Saturdays and Sundays. I'll kind of be like, oh, I haven't even been outside today. I've just been on (laughs) Instagram and Pinterest and the website mm. so yeah it's very much evenings weekends lunch times <laughs> <laughs> perfect so are you getting more sales through your website or your etsy actually just out of interest through, through etsy actually mm. yeah i i think etsy seems to be a good place a good sort of search tool mm-hmm. so and people are, are on there looking for handmade products so etsy has been the main sort of funnel Mm-hmm. in the moment but I'd ideally like to drive people to the website yeah that's the aim but yeah I mean it's even after a couple of months it's it's always a big ask to get people over to a website that they've never seen or heard of yeah before. It's, I think, isn't it as well as building trust yes absolutely yeah. so what's your kind of dream with it I was gonna say plan but I'm gonna go with the word dream of is this do you want this to kind of overtake the styling work or 
do you want them to kind of happily bob alongside each other? I think the dream would be to have the shop as the mm-hmm. main focus. I do. I love interior design, but I also I, I've always loved. I've always worked in retail design because right. I just love shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love interiors, so it's kind of combining both. And I'd, I'm really excited about discovering designers and curating products. I love mm. putting mood boards together. So my I, my dream would be to have the shop as the main my main job. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. no that's good <laughs> I always like to check though because I, I hate to go in and assume that everybody wants to leave their jobs <laughs> when actually some people don't but no that's good so and you're getting your products come in quite easily and so all that sort of back-end logistics stuff which is probably the thing which would put a lot of people up has actually well I'm not going to say it's been easy but it's the thing that you've really kind of grabbed hold of and managed to to do yeah I've had a few hiccups <laughs> okay <laughs> I, had this, I got one I got one package from Morocco and virtually everything was smashed oh gosh because it was it just wasn't packed properly mm. so you know trying to get packages back could sometimes be oh, yeah. <laughs> I had one, you know <laughs> it took about three months to get one package back mm. but it's kind of been okay I've kind of got that bulk I haven't bought more than the first kind of round of buying Mm -hmm. so I've got the stock here for now and then I want to sell that out and then hopefully sell that out and then Mm -hmm. buy more I suppose at the moment I'm kind of testing you know which is selling more which people are what which things sort of interest people more yeah yeah and just kind of I don't want to kind of jump in too much in case (laughs) buy a buy a hundred of a certain type of pot (laughs) so I I think that's really smart and so are you in terms of that market research are you kind of looking obviously looking at the sales and things like that but are you kind of asking questions on social media or putting things out there and kind of judging I mean I guess I'm asking what kind of feedback are you getting from people yeah I've had some feedback from Etsy which has been really great people have said things like oh, I used to live in Morocco and I loved the pottery and this reminded me of when I used to live there which was really mm. nice to hear because one of the main sort of aspects of the shop that I want to sort of push is the idea of travel memories mm. of filling your home with you know not mass-produced products but product that reminds you of you know I remember that amazing holiday we had in Egypt and you know this the pot reminds them of that Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to hear that feedback that it reminded her of that holiday. Mm-hmm. And people that have bought from Etsy have given really good feedback here. They love the product. I haven't asked questions on Instagram too much. I kind of, it's something that I'd like to do more of just to see which products people mm-hmm. prefer, you know, just kind of to see what the audience responds to. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that, yeah, at the moment I'm sort of putting posts up of the product of you know photographing the product and I could kind of get an idea of which people like more based on likes on Instagram Mm. and Pinterest but yeah I kind of probably need to do a bit more of sort of questioning people on social media Mm. yeah I think the word questioning them yeah (laughs) it's sort of it's and it is always tricky I think to be doing market research on social media because people saying oh yeah love that is very different to them actually getting their purse out to buy it but it does give you a good kind of idea and what you also tend to get a little bit is the the idea of a loss leading product so the thing that's gonna you know when you get in fashion collections there's always like the ridiculous piece that nobody's ever going to buy but it's the thing that gets the headlines you might have that sort of effect on instagram is that if it's something that's very striking that attracts a lot of attention but maybe it's not something people would want in their house (laughs) so that's always something to balance but I just want to take a step back actually to when you said about how you want the shop to evoke those travel memories and things like that because I think that's a really 
nice kind of why that you're developing there, especially because that is very related to literally why you set up the shop and the inspiration behind it. So is that kind of linked to the work you've been doing around finding what that why is? Yeah, um, so when I set it up originally, I that was kind of a main one of the points where I kind of think I forgot about that always from <laughs> yeah. when I set it up. So I, I think it was two weekends ago, I just got all loads of paper and I remembered you saying ask why so five mm-hmm. times. So I did that. And yeah, the travel memories thing kind of came back, which was, was really nice. Just I, I loved kind of doing that task. It was just a really helpful way of just kind of driving home what why I was doing this. Mm and why it was important and why people might buy into me as opposed to a habitat, mm. you know, or yeah. sort of another high street shop. So, yeah, when I did the why, it was kind of celebrating travel memories, to live surrounded by memories, to escape day-to-day life. I suppose it's kind of the things that I felt as well on yeah. that trip. You know, it was so nice to have that that break and just to sort of, have a piece of that that place mm. so that was something that came out of the session with the the why <laughs> with the paper <laughs> well and that's that's pretty perfect really because I think that especially when you think about the why and find the why that it, it because people try and think really hard about it whereas actually just reconnecting with the truth of why you started something is often the thing that can really raise it up and it it makes it all really joins up in terms of it makes sense and so where do you think you'd you said that you'd kind of forgotten about it and then came back to it what were you doing that had made you forget about it <laughs> I think I was too focused on just f- photographing everything, putting mm. it together and sort of, you know, styling things and talking about the actual product mm. and not talking about what this product could mean or what this product could bring up. And not I wasn't focusing on the story of, mm-hmm. you know, why I have this product. I was kind of focusing on the actual product. Yeah. And that's that's so good that you you noticed that. And like you said, the thing that's going to make you different to a habitat or something like that is that you've got that story to talk about behind it. And so, yeah, to really hold on to that. And I guess it's very easy for you as you know, a stylist, a designer, to get really into the the itsy bitsy details of styling and photography yeah, and things. I think I, because I enjoy doing it, it's kind of something that, I'm really excited about taking photographs mm-hmm. of all the product. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think definitely, I will definitely want to tell more stories mm-hmm. around it. Also, I've got a, a blog on the website as well, and I kind of really want to focus on, I have a few posts like posts about a trip to Lisbon and um, trips to Paris, but I kind of really want to focus on telling stories mm-hmm. around the product. So yeah, it's just kind of, I think everything now I've done that session with the wire hopefully everything can sort of lead back to to that mm-hmm. and I re I rewrote the sort of tagline mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a little bit longer than actual tagline but you know this sort of Instagram yeah. bio so hopefully it, it kind of immediately tells a story about me and about the website and I also I changed it from I used to have a lot of we on the website because I thought yes. <laughs> it looks better than having you know, an eye. Mm. But I've, I've changed that back recently because I think it is important to say that, you know, it's, this is my shop. And then it, it, I find it easier to tell a story then. Exactly. And especially as you want to be connecting with people on this emotional level and it's about memories and you want that authenticity to come across because these are genuine pieces from genuine places and they've not been made in a factory somewhere random. That having, A, admitting to the fact you're an I, not a we, is a first part of that, but also it it just really imbues the rest of the story because it is your memories as Jane rather than, I think you lose that when you go and and be a we. Yeah. (laughs) I felt like it wasn't genuine because mm. yeah, it isn't actually I mean it's a way in terms of the artisans that I've bought products mm-hmm. from but it's only me who's yeah. actually working in the shop 
but it's not, and I think it's nice to bring rather than it to be a kind of homogenous we. There's you, but then also you can talk about the artisans yeah. as themselves rather yeah. than trying to kind of lump them in <laughs> because that's something that and it's really special and really unique about what you do is that you know no other kind of high street homeware shop can talk about the person who made it probably because a lot of the time it's <laughs> a machine so that's something to yeah not to play down because it's something that makes you really special i i can't I can't remember which episode it was on, but I heard Jen Carrington on the Letters from a Hopeful Creative podcast. She said something that really resonated with me, which is don't treat your strengths as a weakness. Yeah, that's really nice. All these things are your strengths. So your individualism, the individualism of your makers, all those things is absolutely what needs to be going into the brand. Yeah, yeah, it's really great, Craig. So if we are going to talk a little bit about all the social media things. So you've mentioned Instagram and we've mentioned Pinterest a little bit. So what are they the only channels you're using and which ones do you feel are working best for you at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment I'm on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, Instagram and Pinterest. And I think I am mostly on Instagram and Pinterest. I don't really update facebook that yeah. much <laughs> it's a familiar story yeah, I, <laughs> I think so, it's so associated with your personal facebook mm. that it feels like oh yeah if i've got a facebook page you know yeah. should probably update that but i think most people that are on there they're on instagram as well so i think they kind of see the post face on instagram mm-hmm. but yeah i think Pinterest is something that I've used for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Pinterest because of my career. I've always created mood boards, so it's something that I've I'm really comfortable with, and I've I've started to sort of use that more for the shop and to pin things from the website. So hopefully it'll drive traffic mm-hmm. to the website. So I, I really love Pinterest. Um, Instagram, I do really enjoy Instagram. It's just kind of trying to gain that traffic and that yeah. sort of, um, you know the right captions and the right hashtags and just kind of constantly chasing that sort of <laughs> next level <laughs> but it's growing it's it is growing it's growing slowly I've got just over 400 followers and presumably you started with scratch uh, from scratch in November yeah mm-hmm. I did so I'm kind of I, I use Buffer to schedule posts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I kind of what I'll, I normally do is load the the images in that I want to upload, and then I write the caption on the at the time I'm posting. Mm-hmm. I kind of find it quite difficult to just sit and write captions yeah. for the whole month. Mm. <laughs> so I normally do that on the day, but um, I really enjoy just sort of sitting and spending a couple of hours on Instagram and looking at other people's pages Mm -hmm. and sort of commenting on other people's pages, which is something that I've only recently started to do. Oh, that was going to be my next question. (laughs) So I think that to have got to where you've got to just over 400 in five months, I think it's actually really good going. I would say that getting to your first thousand is much harder than getting to your first 10,000. Once you hit the, the three figures, it does start to snowball a little bit more because you're getting more visibility, which means you're getting more engagement, which means you're getting pushed out more. But also there's a bit more of that social proof and kind of people trusting you because other people are there. So I know that it can feel like a real slog (laughs) up until that first 1000. So I'm really interested that you are finding that it's you're still getting pretty good engagement with posting from buffer because instagram have said which i don't know whether you can take it as a warning or what it is but they prefer you not to post from scheduling apps so it might be interesting i mean obviously they say it but they they don't announce it to the world so you're very easy to miss these little hints that they put out into the world so it might be interesting to still use buffer or whatever to to kind of lay it all out but perhaps to try uploading the image from your camera roll 
into Instagram and just see whether that does actually make a difference or Instagram are just being meanies trying to push out push out the scheduling apps yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) it feels like there's so many every day there's sort of a different I hear about this has changed and Mm -hmm. the algorithm's changed and you know sort of I had a friend yesterday saying that she had a problem uploading pictures and she had a lot less likes it's just kind of (laughs) it feels like this this kind of beast that you're trying to control you know well, and, and what I always think with Instagram is that, because yes, I mean, nothing garners or oils the rumour machine like Instagram does. It's insane, yeah. some of the things that you hear. Um, and uh, you can literally drive yourself into insanity trying to, to game it all and understand it all. And the way that it works is it's never exactly the same for everybody on the same day. Like it's being tested on certain different accounts and one hour it'll be this and one hour it'll be that. So there's absolutely no way that you can know what the algorithm is doing. So I like to kind of not really think about it too much and actually just be like, what's what does Instagram want me to do? Yeah. What does Instagram want? Instagram wants to keep people on that platform for as long as possible so they can sell advertising space. Yeah. And people stay on that platform when there's great content that's just going to keep them scrolling that little bit longer. And so that's how I approach Instagram is that, well, if what they want is to keep people on the platform, then I'm going to create content that's going to be good enough to keep people on the platform. Yeah, Yeah, it's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, so to try and block out the rumor mill a little bit and I always think as well that yes you're there and there's this algorithm but anytime you start trying to create content for robots you're going to lose the people who are actually there so to really create with that person in mind and what's going to be a lovely image for a real life human being that's that's what I would keep my focus on because yes you see so much stuff all over the place and people getting really into their stats and oh I got three less likes yeah. doing this or that and it's like just just don't worry about that yeah you can just go insane because you just look at the Instagram stats so you mentioned about hashtags and captions as well so what are your kind of worries or struggles with those I think it's just kind of making sure that I'm using the right the right hashtags and mm-hmm. um, Cause I'm not. I'm not sure whether the level of engagement I'm getting is normal or if it's low. So I'm just kind of thinking, okay, maybe it's the the, the hashtags I'm using, or maybe it's the image, and just kind of trying to write a caption that's engaging as well. So it, it's that it's that thing of I don't know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> so nobody does, but I just kind of doing what, just continuing to do the same. Mm. Hopefully, you know. It'll, grow organically so yeah it's just sort of um it feels like the you know when you once you've posted that's it <laughs> and you kind it's of send it off into yeah. the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hopefully you'll get a, a good response so I don't, I don't want to kind of waste an image on you know if I'm not using the right hashtags or I'm not mm-hmm. sort of putting the right caption on that it you know that could sort of engage more people yeah yeah I get exactly what you mean so caption wise we'll start with captions and it's also hard when you're at the beginning of forming this brand and you're kind of not really sure what you're going to you've not got into that practice yet whereas you know in a year's time your captions will fly out because you're just you're used to how you speak and at the moment you're still trying to find your way with it a little bit so like you say about that it's about you and it's about travel memories and so to start keeping really focused on those what those memories are and because I know at the moment you do talk about like say for example as we're speaking the latest post is one about a rug and you talk about how the patterns pass down through generations and stuff like that that's a really nice story to be bringing out but what you could do with that is to add on you know how you felt when you first saw it and and how you've taken that meaning and run with it and things like that to center yourself a little bit because with social media in particular although you are there yes as a business people want to be engaging with people on there so to bring out your your personality and yourself a little bit extra on Instagram more than you would on Pinterest or on your website 
it is helpful that people feel like if they leave a comment, there's a real human there who's going to be who's going to be reading it and answering it. And the thing I always say as well as your kind of silver bullet is asking questions, because you'll probably find this yourself as you're going around looking at other people's accounts. You might see a really really lovely photo, but the caption's something like monday vibes and you're like i I don't really know what to say about this (laughs) other than nice (laughs) whereas if you've got something where you're you're inviting that engagement inviting people to be a part of it it's much easier for them to think of something to say in response to and it can be something as easy as you know if you're posting a bunch of flowers what would be what are your go-to flowers for spring or what is your favorite flower or or what memories does do flowers conjure for you that it's it's kind of throwing the ball back at the person reading and saying over to you come come over and and say something to me (laughs) yeah it's a nice way of creating that community Mm -hmm. and people that will come back as well yes exactly yeah Mm -hmm. I don't want people to sort of it'd be nice to have people not just buy one thing and then sort of move on it'd be nice to see you know where did they put that in their house and mm-hmm. how did they feel when they saw it and what did that bring up for them what you know what, which memories did that bring up for them see that might be something interesting to send maybe in because I know if you're selling a lot on Etsy you don't always get like their email information things like that so maybe something that you could slip put into the packaging is a kind of note to say something like I'd love to collect your stories and your memories and maybe ask them to email you or to come out to post on their own social media about it and what they thought and then you'll feature it and you'll kind what you're doing there is getting some what in marketing terms they call user generated content but you're you're getting it from customers and what that does if you can share what a customer said about it is that's a whole bunch of trust you're building with people there who are, might be following or might have seen a couple of pictures, but they're like, oh, I'm not sure. But then, oh, well, somebody else has bought for them, so they must be pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice idea to kind of just to see what they did because it's kind of like you send out this amazing thing that you've found in the world and then you don't know where it's gone. Yeah. Sort of like when you buy, a, you know, a vintage, you might buy a vintage handbag and you'd love to know where that had been before you. Mm. I suppose it's that kind of thing, you know, just continuing the story. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really, and that ties in so beautifully with your why. And particularly, actually, if you're going from Etsy, if that, that's where your sales are coming from, the same as any marketplace, you, what you want to do is turn them from an Etsy customer into a, we are nomads customer. So by adding in a personal note in the packaging, which you know for sure they're definitely going to see, you're kind of shifting it in their head from having a relationship from Etsy, from it being something they bought on Etsy to something they bought from you and from We Are Nomads. Yeah, it's really nice to kind of stand out from the crowd on Etsy as well. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice idea. So the next time they they want to buy something, they can you can kind of make sure that you've got your your URL in there and and kind of make sure they can come back to the website to buy rather than go back to Etsy yeah. to buy. That's what I definitely want to do. Just kind of bring them back, and because mm-hmm. I know people might even go on Etsy and not even click on the website. Yeah, yeah, they probably don't. They're just like, oh yeah, I want that, and and the, yeah, they might even not even know the website exists. So. That's the thing, you can't assume with people because they're busy, they just care about getting their thing. <laughs> they're not they're not doing a lot of research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, let me drag it back to hashtags because this is what I do. I get all excited about a new idea and then forget <laughs> what I was talking about. So yeah, your captions and stuff, I think just a little bit more making that personal connection and a little bit more inviting of engagement back. But as I said, that's something that you'll really get into the flow with. Hashtags are slightly different because the way I think of them is they're kind of like the filing cabinet of Instagram. They're the way that you can more easily find the stuff that's relevant to you and 
not look at the stuff that isn't relevant to you yeah Um, because think of we get very kind of narrow-minded on instagram's just interiors but obviously there's the celebrity stuff there's food (laughs) stuff there's fitness there's yeah stuff i can't even imagine off the top of my head so to using those hashtags to make sure we're getting in front of people in the things that they're searching for and that they're interested in and a general rule of thumb is that you want a nice mix of sizes. So when I say size, you get ones at the top where it says if it's got like a million posts or 10 posts, that's kind of gives you an idea of how much people are using them. So I tend, and this is really more just a kind of where I've personally drawn the line. I tend not to use tags that are over a million because you're just, your post is getting lost in all that noise. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and they tend to start getting overtaken by just like spammy accounts posting completely irrelevant stuff and they kind of start to die a little bit. <laughs> and then I also generally don't use, I use a very small amount that are under 10,000 because you're not getting the volume of eyes on it as much. So anywhere between that really quite large ballpark, <laughs> a kind of good mix of sizes from around there is what's ideal. So you have some small ones where fewer people are going to see it, but it's going to be there at the top of the tag for longer and larger ones where it's not going to be as visible for as long, but the people who do see it are going to be big in volume. Yeah. I mean, the interior design has normally got over a million. I mean, there's so many design accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So, But I I kind of, it'd be nice to sort of appear there. Mm. So yeah, I'll um, and how many, I normally sort of, I don't know exactly how many I use. Mm-hmm. I think around 20, but would you use the whole, the sort of 30 or would you sort yeah, of? I have always used all 30. And as far as, I mean, again, this is the Instagram rumour mill going that they everybody says, oh, you can't possibly use all 30. But it, as far as I know, it's never affected me. I don't know, maybe if I start using 10, it'll my engagement will shoot up but using all 30 has never negatively affected me and if you think about it rumors aside it just kind of makes sense that you're getting it in in more places for more people to see it but again it's always something to experiment with with your posts because yes you want like a good picture to get good kind of visibility But, you know, in kind of four days' time, it's been and gone. So it's not like, you know, something that's going into print or something. You're just going to experiment with it. It is a place where you can kind of be like, I'm going to use 30 and see whether that makes a difference. Yeah, I'm not sure whether, I mean, I think hashtags, some posts, they you get loads and loads of traffic from hashtags. Other posts, you don't. They're kind of in a bit of a no man's land, I think, at the moment, where people either are using the moran or it kind of depends what's going on so <laughs> yeah one thing that you might be interested to do but it all depends on how much time you have i guess is the weekend hashtag project okay. you heard of that no i don't know about that so that's um an instagram initiative so it's generally late Friday night our time that it's announced um so they kind of they have a theme for the weekend so it might be like for International Women's Day they had She Raises Me Up for around Valentine's Day they've got a love related one but they've they're just kind of general ones it might be windows it might be movement things like that and the challenge is that you create content around that theme and you post it in a particular hashtag and what's really good about that is it gets you in front of a real mix of people because they're all just there doing the hashtag and it helps you to find other people and it just is always a nice little boost to get in front of brand new people and it's also fun yeah <laughs> that's really good thank you I'll, um, I'll look into that because mm. the weekend is kind of where I have, I've got the most time exactly well, yeah and you can be there and doing something creative and kind of feel involved in it I think because yeah. I think it's very easy for on Instagram to feel like you're just shouting into the void whereas something like the hashtag project can really yeah really help you to feel like there's there's somebody there on the other side listening (laughs) yeah it's really nice idea Mm. because it can sometimes feel like that like you sort of hello (laughs) (laughs) well talking of that then how you said that you are um 
engaging with people and stuff like that so what does that look like your kind of engagement routine for want of a better word <laughs> well it's i normally look at probably i probably look at it people that I kind of do a very similar thing to me mm-hmm. <laughs> which probably doesn't help but i kind of will comment you know it's a really beautiful sort of ceramic and i follow quite a lot of potters mm. so i'll kind of comment on you know pieces that they make and just their sort of studio and their process and that they normally sort of it's normally quite I normally get a response from them which is really nice as Mm -hmm. well so it kind of feels like it's somebody in the same space and they're sort of seeing you as part of as part of that so I normally yeah comment a sort of a small caption Mm -hmm. and or like you know just sort of like a few of their posts I probably spend too much time looking at other designers (laughs) (laughs) But I just really love looking at, you know, sort of products and especially travel photography as well. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And because I also feel like Instagram is a place where you've got to kind of put it out to get it back, no matter where it is. And I I find there's something a little bit creepy about only going after people who might possibly be customers. I'm kind of stalking those people. (laughs) But then again, what you don't want to be doing is building an audience of people who are never going to be buying from you because they've got their own shop. Yeah, I know, Um, that's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a real balance. And also that, yes, you are engaging with accounts that inspire you and that you enjoy looking at because that's what's going to make it a nice experience for you. You don't want to have to be engaging with stuff that you hate. So it might be a case of just kind of redressing the balance a little bit. So perhaps if you're on a designer or a, a potter's account and you kind of look at other people who are commenting and kind of look at their profiles and maybe leave them a comment as well and kind of the thing with it with Instagram is you can start once you unpeel a layer you can really start to go really deep with it so that's a little thing that you can do even just on one person's account is look at everybody who's commented and go and comment on them and almost you could try and work on a kind of one-for-one ratio whereas if you think okay I've, I've commented on this designer's post let me go and find somebody who's definitely not a designer to comment on and to just to keep that balance in mind the another thing to do which is what I actually tend to do is that when I've posted I go back through the hashtags that I've used and just comment on posts in there because they're going to be lots of different people from lots of different places but you've got the a similar interest because you've all posted in the same hashtag so you know they're kind of relevant, but also it's just nice to see new content all the time. And so to make that a very conscious thing as well. So to be, uh, I always do mine actually after I post because I want to make sure that people are seeing it and it's being popping up in all sorts of places. So if I'm going to go and comment on somebody else's, they're more likely to go and see my new post. So that's how I kind of structure it because otherwise, yes, you can get to a point where especially because you're doing evenings and weekends that you spent your whole evening scrolling around on Instagram and actually think, what what have I done? I know, it just gets so lost. You can sort of go down <laughs> yeah, so yeah. easily, just sort of a rabbit hole. Well, that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to suck your attention. So you've got to make sure that you are being really conscious about what you want to get out of it and that there's there's something in it for you. So putting a time on it is quite good so so some people are either really good at putting a time on it because they can be focused in that time or you can say I'm going to be here for an hour and still not really do anything in an hour so sometimes what I say to people is to aim to leave five comments or six comments or whatever and you know you can spend five minutes doing that or you can spend five hours that's up to you (laughs) (laughs) no I really I respond well to sort of I mean I I use quite a lot of lists Mm. Yeah, I kind of like just, okay, I've got to do this on this date and I'm going to, yeah, like spend the next couple of hours on Instagram and make it worthwhile, Mm -hmm. not just kind of get lost, you know, looking at sort of (laughs) people's holiday pictures (laughs) and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's good as well because it's getting a feel for the trends and looking at what other people are engaging with to help you 
with your own photography because as you say you you sometimes you can have a photo and you think this is gonna absolutely kill it and then it just dies <laughs> and so to start to look at what other photos are doing well and whether they're the sorts of ones that you can replicate in your own style to to kind of get on that kind of bandwagon and things like that rather than trying to reinvent the wheel every time you've got to take some new photos yeah and I've, I've found as that the travel photos that I post get quite a lot of sort of likes mm-hmm. so if I post a photograph from Morocco it'll kind of maybe get double the amount of likes as a product, which is quite interesting. So I think people people like that sort of dreaming about travelling somewhere. And mm-hmm. I suppose it's aspirational, isn't it, Instagram? Yeah, totally. So people like to sort of, you know, dream about their next trip. So maybe that's why those get more likes. But um, I find that quite interesting that it'd be nice to sort of get an equal amount of both. Yeah, I, I think you can look at how, so the, the kind of difference between the travelly photos and the product photos and how you can make the product photos more like the travel ones, if that makes sense. So perhaps if it's like ones of buildings, which always do quite well, or of rooms, that maybe what's why they're doing well as an image is because there's more context and story in there than, say, if you've got a picture of a cushion how can you incorporate that cushion into something with more context to catch the eye a little bit more? Yeah, it's kind of trying to tell that story as mm. well in the, in the image. Yeah, and and that's the thing that we can always get into with Instagram is to fill it with product shots. But And you get some accounts that do really well from having lots of product shots on there. But it's you, the brand that you want to create is more storytelling than that. And my view with Instagram is that it's there as a very, very top level acquisition tool rather than a place where you're going to be making loads of sales. So what you want to be doing is getting people inspired and over to the website where they can see the product images. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, trying to build a community of people that are feel the same way as mm-hmm. I do, I suppose, with travel and design. And yeah, just kind of trying to bring those over to the website. Mm. And so that, and I think it's 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 really good that the travel ones do do well because that means that yeah. people are seeing them who are interested in travel, they do like which is travel, kind yeah. of the point. Um, and so they're ones that you can use to to get that bit of a boost and and have no shame in that. I mean, I have certain types of photos that I always know are going to do better. So actually, when I've got a new blog post that I'm putting live, I'll use one of those types of photos to yeah. talk about it. So if you've got a blog post up where you're talking about a trip or a memory of a trip and how, what a product makes you think of it, use a photo of the trip rather than the product because the idea, what you want to be doing is hooking people in with, with your claws <laughs> <laughs> and getting them over to that website first and foremost. And so as long as you're still being authentic and, you know, you're not putting up like free beer or stuff to get yeah. people over, as long as you're getting them over something with, that's relevant, like it kind of doesn't matter what it is, whether it's they see a product image and they go over or they see an amazing travel photo that brings up all those memories and then they see a product image and then they go over. Yeah, I suppose it's trying to create a mood, isn't it, as well, a sort of feeling for what who I am and what the brand is about. Mm. Yeah, I always think that, that your uh, Instagram is like your brand magazine. Yeah, that's a nice way of thinking about it. A real nice mix of all the things that make up who you are. It's not just the products. It is those stories. It's those values. um, It's the individuals. It's your travels. It's the memory. It's all of those things put together. And so very often it's somebody's first introduction to your brand. And so if they were going to read through the kind of first couple of captions and scroll down a few rows in there should be everything that you'd want them to know. And, yeah, that's a really nice way of, of looking at it as a sort of magazine. Because, you know, if people follow me, then they'll see those posts sort of whenever they log on. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to sort of – it's almost like, you know, if you subscribe to a magazine every month, you know what, what will be in there. But not exactly. So you've, you, it's got a familiarity, but there's new, fresh things coming through 
So that's something that you can think about actually in terms of structuring your feed is what are those kind of, you know, when you've got a magazine and they've got maybe five key sections, what are those things? So it might be a travel shot, a product shot, something more styled, maybe something a bit more inspirational, stuff like that, where you can start to think what are the kind of key themes that run through it that I can keep replicating over and over again. We always have the same themes going through, but we change up the specifics of that every single time. And that'll help you with your captions as well, that not absolutely everything has to be about the product or about selling. It's, you know, what, what story in the magazine are we telling today? What what feature are we doing? Yeah, and I'd really it'd be nice to sort of have you know maybe craftsperson of the month or you know yes. that kind of thing. Yeah, I really like that idea of creating that sort of the key sections, mm-hmm. and that gives you a structure to work to. So not only does it feel familiar and consistent to the people who are following, it means that you're not, as we say, on a Saturday going right I've got to come up with some photos now where do I start (laughs) yeah I really like that thank you I like that idea yeah and then you've got your your scheduling tool and stuff so you can put it all in and make sure it's all kind of balanced out and things like that and yeah I guess as well just not worrying too much about right and wrong and (laughs) keeping really focused as we said on that that core why that core message that you want to be putting out that feeling you want people to have and let it kind of flow from there and trust that if you're creating content that's interesting for humans, that's that's really all you need to be doing. That's all you need to be focusing on. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And then just encouraging those shares from people. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of being more active, mm. I suppose, kind of trying to stay in communication with people. Yeah. And just kind of being a bit more present. Yeah, presence really helps because people, I mean, and you can think about yourself as a user that you're more likely to engage with people who engage back or, or at least seem like they're a real life person. And so, yeah, to be that person that you would want to engage with, I think is always a good rule of thumb. Yeah, I know, I've probably, I need to do more sort of, I don't really go on camera much at all. I don't know if that, it's funny I think there's a lot of you have to do it out there if you're not comfortable doing it it's not going to be comfortable for anybody involved who's watching it I think as well that what you actually see is what I'm trying to say what you actually see is a lot of people say I went on camera for the first time and nobody watched and people have followed because they're not used to seeing you like that so I think it's good it's something to build up to both for yourself and also for the listeners. So rather than it being, here's my face <laughs> talking to camera, it might just be your voice and you're talking through something you're you're opening, like a new delivery or something, or yeah. even if you're not, or this is the stock room, um, it's also my bedroom, just to talk through it and then to show hands and things like that where you, you're just gently building people up to seeing your, yourself in all your glory. But yeah, I think stories is a really good thing to use even if you're just sharing little day-to-day snaps or something that you styled or the sunlight falling on a rug because what stories does is it gets you on that main grid because you're right there at the top. Yeah, okay. So it's just another way to be for people to remember that you exist. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, so it's that's kind of that thing of, of presence. But I would say as well, don't prioritise presence on Instagram over other things and to maintain perspective over what your job in this business is and it's not to be the social media manager that's not your main job it's to 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 run the business and have ideas and to to be blogging and to be here and to be there and to be that kind of thing so make sure that it doesn't completely take over because that's what it wants to do yeah it does feel like that sometimes Mm. like a sort of the main challenge is marketing but I suppose it should it's kind of everything everything needs to sort of work together mm-hmm. and run smoothly yeah it's exactly it's all about it working together that's that's the crucial term and yeah that's why I kind of say if you can only comment on five people's do that and then spend half an hour updating your website or yeah sending an email out rather than spend you know comment on 10 people's but that's all you've done so when you've got 
your time limited like that, certain things give like growth, but it means that you're actually doing things all in tune with each other rather than you've got this ginormous Instagram following, but nobody can buy anything from the shop because you've not updated it. So it's everything has to rise up at the same level. Yeah, I think um, as well, I've been looking at things like markets and, you know, giving flyers out and that kind of thing and just kind of trying to take it offline, you know, Mm -hmm. so in a real, so take it to a real space where people can actually see the product and talk to people. So I think, you know, you kind of get get a little bit bogged down with this sort of social media platforms. Mm. But it'd be nice to kind of get feedback as well from people. Yeah, that would be perfect. And it does, we get into this, Instagram is everything. If you're not it, you're a lot. And funnily enough, like people bought and sold things before Instagram existed. And you're right, especially with your kind of product, having it there in a room singing being picked up and felt and uh, people really connecting with those memories is going to be a key thing and the bonus with that is that it's very shareable you can be putting it on stories you can be taking photos you can be getting people to follow you while they're there so it's two birds with one stone in that kind of thing so I think they're always real life is always something that is going to be beneficial yeah definitely good So I think that actually we're at a point where I have to ask you my last question, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? I think um, I want to grow a soul um, authentically. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be able to tell stories through kind of every aspect of the business to create a space for myself, which kind of makes me happy, which was kind of mm. part of setting up the business as well. And yeah, just trying to create a community with of like-minded people who have that sort of freedom to travel and are lucky enough to sort of be able to create a space around them, which which also makes them happy. Beautiful. So Jane, if people are interested in what you do and they want to come and well, follow you on Instagram or find the shop, where can they come and find you? The website is wearenomads.co.uk and I'm on Instagram as wearenomads.co.uk and Pinterest as wearenomads as well. (laughs) Very consistent, top marks. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, thanks so much Jane. Thank you, it's been really good, thank you. All the links that we mentioned will be on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Jane on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at wethenomads.co.uk. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really love listening to this episode, please do send it to them. And if you're sharing where you're listening online, tag me in it because I always love to see you. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.